0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the HodgePot. Thank you so much for checking me out again on this episode. I am joined by my good friend Chad McCurgy as we break down the Carolina Panthers week one loss to the newly retitled Las Vegas Raiders by a score of 34 to 30. It was actually a pretty good game, and we got into a lot more specifics about it, just the overall state of the Carolina Panthers right now. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I also wrote a nice little love letter to football because football is now back, and I have not had an episode since football has come back, so hope you guys love that. also, a lot of crazy stuff is actually going on in sports right now, which is really neat. The Los Angeles Dodgers were the first baseball team to clinch a postseason spot, along with baseball in general announcing their plans for the World Series this year being hosted all at the Texas Rangers New Park in Arlington. Should be really interesting, and they're trying to have some fans there. So something to be on the lookout for. It feels like pro sports in America is slowly starting to let people back in the gate, which is pretty nice to see. Uh, I do not know if COVID restrictions, if it's, you know, I I haven't gotten into the weeds yet of whether or not medical experts are saying that this is a good idea or an okay idea. Uh, Seems to me a little soon, but at the same time, I am not an expert, so I should not be the one to make that call. But yeah, it's nice to see people actually able to leave their houses for once Right now, also, the Los Angeles Clippers blowing a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. What a turn of events. Denver Nuggets, back-to-back series coming back from a 3-1 deficit. And now they're about to take on the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Meanwhile, in the Eastern Conference, you got Boston, who lost Game 1 in overtime on a ridiculous block by Bam Adebayo in the Miami Heat. Um, so it looks like that series is probably going to be a really good one. Which is honestly, it's just really nice to see competitive Eastern Conference basketball. Um, uh, being a Hornets fan, I, you know, obviously do not like both teams, but I just feel like the East has been a dud, just a dud for so many years now. Uh, last year was pretty de- was pretty fun to watch with the that Sixers. Raptor series where Kawhi hit hit the forever series winner shot that bounced off the rim what, rim what felt like 10 times. So yeah, this, this play the bubble playoffs as I like to think of them have been super fun to watch and if you guys are out there listening to this and you're thinking, hey, Dave Hodge makes some really good points. I want to link up with them. Hit me up on Instagram at hajito88. That's at H-O-D-G- ito 88. Uh, 8 Yeah, you can send me a message or whatever. That's pretty much the only place I'm I'm looking at on social these days. You could also try the same handle on Twitter, but I will probably not get back to you as fast. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys love the rest of this episode, and also, eventually, we'll probably have some soccer content coming to you. Premier League just started back up, and... We'll probably get into more of the conference finals in the NBA with with Mike and do some other fun things. So, thank you guys for joining, and hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. I will talk to you guys on the other side. Alrighty, so I got my buddy Chad here, and we're going to break down the wonderful loss that the Carolina Panthers experienced against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday, September 13th by the score of 34 to 30. And real quick Chad, I want to obviously break down some of the intric intricate in-, in the details I'll go with that, <laughs> of what happened on Sunday for this game that I feel like people aren't really talking about uh in the national media which kind of makes sense because the Raiders are kind of thought of as like maybe a wild card hopeful and the Carolina yeah. Panthers are thought of as maybe a Trevor Lawrence hopeful. Right. So <laughs> um it, this this game wasn't going to get many headlines. Um so off the top buddy, biggest hot takes, what are you thinking? Was there anything that stood out to you from the game that you just want to get off your chest in frustration or enjoy?
1: I do. So, so let me, let me bring this up. The uh, failed fourth down conversion at the end of the game, everybody's talking about it. So that's not that surprising, but I'm upset not because uh, specifically rule didn't give the ball to McCaffrey, but because he ran the same freaking play earlier. uh, And it was like only kind of effective anyways. So like, I don't know. A fullback dive is like a, a little bit of like a, like a hipster play call, I feel like, in the NFL yeah. these days. So, so, okay, no big deal to call it once. Calling it twice seems a little bit funny. I was thinking that we were going to go with like a play action, play action pass, something like that. I thought Teddy looked great yesterday. We can talk more about that. But, um, yeah, I thought the repeat play call was a bad idea.
0: It felt, it felt a lot like watching the 2019 Panthers and how they lost multiple games because of short yardage situations where they could not get a yard or two yards or whatever. It seemed to very it was, it was frustrating to me as well. That was probably the most frustrating point in the game, right? It's one thing if you get blown out, and you're just like, all right, this team's just better than us. But to have a chance to win like that and then to get stopped like around midfield, on a, a half yard play seemed really ridiculous and yeah man it's not college so the uh, situations where you run one play twice teams are probably going to diagnose it pretty well unless your personnel is just better than their personnel and it just works Yep, because of that so I am in complete agreement with you sir and I thought that like let's razzle dazzle it up before that. Like you get to third and and one, like you should be able to, to get it there. Like you should not get stopped at midfield in that situation. Yes. The team playing prevent defense to stop you from scoring a touchdown. Hot take number two. Hot take number two.
1: Robbie Anderson is the skinniest NFL football player I've ever (laughs) seen in my life
0: (laughs) with the craziest hair. Dude, he
1: also has the craziest hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than, than, uh, him being very skinny, I did think Robbie Anderson, uh, played really well. Obviously. Yeah. The, the huge play. I was pretty, um, pretty happy with his production. Otherwise to reminded me a little bit of obviously completely different offense and everything, but reminding, reminded me a little bit of like Ted Ginn's, um, production yeah. back in the day. Right. Like, like, okay, he's going to get four or five catches, and you're hoping that one of them is a massive catch, right? So that's basically exactly what happened. It was a good route, and um, and I, I, obviously the defender fell down on the play too, but that's part of what you hope with a guy like that. So, um, yeah, Robbie Anderson, I think, is my, uh, my hot take number two.
0: Dude, so that hot take gives me a little – extra sauce for my hot take which okay good the fact that Robbie Anderson looked like our best receiver yesterday is not good and I say our because we are both Panthers fans unapologetically this is yep so if if I would want this this interview slash segment or whatever uh, to be just unapologetically unapologetically homeristic for Carolina Panthers because you know, too many people try to be unbiased, and there's just natural bias that creeps in. So I'm gonna be yep. like overtly biased, and maybe some natural unbiasedness pre- creeps in. I'm not sure, but <laughs> the fact that DJ Moore looked like uh, just a, kind of a jag was Dude. not good to me. That is that was that was extremely extremely frustrating. Almost as frustrating as the fourth and. Half foot, <laughs> the fourth and half foot call at the end of the game. Yeah. Like. The- yeah, I know it's
1: true. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought DJ Moore, I, I mean, like, obviously I'm, I, it, the way I'm thinking about this game is largely like, okay, they're like the off season was totally truncated. There is no, no preseason, like everybody's knocking off the rust. So like, it I'm. Willing to give these guys a the benefit of the doubt for now and then basically be proven wrong come like week four, week five. Um, I'm yeah, because honestly, yeah, DJ Moore didn't look that great, Curtis Samuel looked okay, um, Christian McCaffrey looked amazing, but he, I mean, I feel like he always says he had he obviously got stopped on a couple of plays and they really bottled him up in early in the game, but yeah, um. Yeah. I mean, I I think that like, yeah, it was a little bit concerning, but the flip side of that is I felt like Teddy was exactly what we need him to be. Right. So he wasn't like making huge plays or whatever down the field or with his legs. And it's always funny actually with Teddy Bridgewater, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like, uh, if it's like, I don't know, weird sports racism or what, like people always talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Like he is a mobile quarterback and he's really kind of more, I mean, I don't want to say he's like Tom Brady, but uh, he's like a pretty typical pocket passer who is like fast enough to, you know, get a first down if he needs to or whatever. But anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, he was like, one thing that I was really impressed by, uh, by Teddy Bridgewater was and maybe this is just coming after years of having Cam like he never looked flustered at all like at any point um, he even when he was you know having to move around the pocket or even get out of the pocket when when people are coming he, he like really appeared kind of in control and calm um, the whole time so I really appreciated that I thought his play was good. His throws, he was his timing was a little bit off with some of those throws. Like he ended up throwing a lot of those throws on like the back shoulder on some crossing routes and stuff like that. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think some of the timing stuff will will get better. Hopefully, I agree. I, I agree with you that that Curtis Samuel looked okay, and um, maybe he can do more damage. You know, and all the jet sweep stuff they put him in. He, yeah, like. He does that weird, like, hybrid receiver running back thing really well. And it's almost like he can't just be a receiver or just be a running back. I I mean, he's too small to be a running back. But, but, uh, you know, once again, DJ Moore targeted nine times. He had four catches for 54 yards and a pretty awful unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Oh, uh and brutal dude i mean that's the thing man it's it's dudes like him kwan short was not really anywhere to be found and uh, brian burns a little bit brian burns sometimes looked pretty good he got in the yeah. backfield a few times but he wasn't like dominant and it's those guys that i'm like all right y'all are supposed to be like established the the veterans of this team like yeah and, and you look more so like rookies than dudes like Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin. So that I I definitely think that um DJ Moore has something to prove right now. If yeah. he wants to get paid and be like a number one receiver because he is not there. And not just based off this game. I mean, last year was like a good year for him, right? Like he did a lot of good things, especially yep. with a lackluster quarterback, but now he's got a better quarterback. So his excuses um for stuff like that he he can't be doing it but the good news is there's they didn't get blown out so yeah any any good things what was your favorite thing that you saw you think
1: i mean i i think for me like favorite thing has got to be teddy like teddy looked i would say if not great i would say like very good very solid yeah and like assuming if in this maybe there's a big assumption, but assuming that the rest of the skill play. Oh, you know what? Also, I'll mention something that I didn't mention before. The offensive line looked very good in pass protection. Like I yeah. felt like Teddy, for the most part, had like pretty significant uh, time to throw. And I'm trying to think if were there any sacks? One or two max?
0: There was. I think he might have got. I don't think. I don't think. Man, dude, I don't think either team had sacks. So, yeah. um, the dude, I, I mean, I am with you on Teddy Bridgewater. I thought he had a good game. I, okay, so the Raiders had one sack. Uh, and it was, and the Panthers had none. Um, the Teddy B looked calm. He looked poised. He looked like what you want a veteran quarterback to be. Yep. Who yep. you give twenty million dollars to? And at, with limited off-season reps, with a, a brand-new offense, brand-new coach, brand-new yep. receivers, I think all that considered, he just looked calm. He didn't take any bad, like, delay of game penalties. Yep. Either. And our offensive line didn't ha- – I don't think they had any false starts. Did they? Maybe, like, one or two. I don't um, – yeah, I don't think so. Like, that, that was, like, my biggest win is – the whole the team as a whole looked a lot more disciplined than i expected them to look yeah and especially on defense like we can get we can get more into the like how at times the defense looked bad but i feel like for for where they are as a team right now and what they've been through this summer i think that the defense looked disciplined in how they were tackling people when they got there guys now scheme wise and in the defensive line play could have been a lot better but Teddy Bridgewater looked like the adult in the room I feel like and maybe not the most talented quarterback in the league but hopefully he can continue to elevate his play as the season goes on and tighten up his completion percentage a yeah. little bit like work on you know those crossers like where he like you were saying he was throwing it a little bit behind dudes you know, I think one. I think yep. one time he threw it in the middle of the field and was behind like D.J. Moore or something like that. But it, he kind of had to because otherwise it would have gotten picked. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, there was a couple throws he kind of missed and the deep balls. He could probably get better at. But yeah. Um. So I did have a question, and I don't know how. Uh. I don't know how well you know your Panthers history. Um. Pre. Pre. I would say pre Jake Delone Panthers history.
1: Ooh, pre-Jake DeLom. Okay. we will see. So I know a little trivia.
0: So here is, so I wanted to ask you this question because in it in this uh, topic ties into it because it's about Teddy and it's a true or false statement. So Teddy Bridgewater will have a better Panthers career than Steve Berline. True or false?
1: Oh, how did I know it was going to be Steve Berline? Well, uh, Teddy's name is easier to spell. Um, yes. so let me start with that. Now, will he have a better Panthers career? I will say, I will say yes. I mean, how many years did Burline start for the Panthers? Two,
0: three. Uh, I believe it was like three. Yeah. He had. I think it was 1998 or 1999. He had a pretty prolific season with like, I think it was Mark Carrier, Wesley Walls. He was a dude for for a couple of those years. They just didn't. They like barely make miss the playoffs. It yeah. was when it was when. Uh, um, I, I can't. I'm like the name on my head right now is uh, John Gruden, but it's not John Gruden. Mike Ditka was the head coach in the New Orleans Saints, and <laughs> I'll never forget it. They were in this crazy playoff race I think it was 99 and he basically the Panthers had to win and beat the the Saints in the last game of the season the Saints were terrible and they had to beat them but point differential actually mattered for a playoff spot that year it was kind of the it okay. was kind of this weird uh thing where all these teams were like tied together yeah, yeah like yeah. Steve Berline went into Lambo and beat Brett Favre that year I can't remember exactly which season it was, but yeah, it was 99. um, And he was, he was pretty good. He had like 4,400 passing yards that year. That, especially in that era, like late nineties, that's pretty good. He, he led the the league with 343 completions, had a 94.6 passer rating and he had 36 TDs. Like he was, he was That's a, he actually was really that good year. Yeah.
1: I don't think I realized that he had that good of a season.
0: Yeah. So he was kind of the Panthers' best quarterback up until old Jakey D took him to the to the What was that? The Super George Bowl.
1: Seifert years?
0: Yeah, that would. so that would or, have been Was that still down down capers? That would have been George Seifert, I believe. This is this is great uh, show uh, content right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wikipedia searching. Um, man, George Seifert. He's a sight for sore eyes. Can you think of any coach who's won a Super Bowl that people don't talk about like him?
1: I mean, he's only won one, right? Is that right?
0: He won two as a head coach what time With 49ers what, yeah what two-time Super Bowl winning head coach do people disrespect <laughs> more than George <laughs> well
1: I mean his career like never really recovered after going to the Panthers so like
0: yeah but there's a lot of dudes like that uh,
1: I mean maybe Let I the, mean Bill uh, Parcells
0: Bill Parcells career never really was the same after he left the Giants but he still thought of as like an all-time great coach yeah fair enough <laughs> that's pretty know. that's pretty that's a funny funny trivia question how many Super Bowls did George Seifert win as a head coach <laughs> and he was on that team as an assistant for a long time he had three Super Bowls as an assistant and then he was awful with the Panthers yeah he was there that 99 season and he was fired after 01 when they went like two and fourteen yeah um but yeah so back to Raiders Panthers Teddy B I think could be better than Steve Berline if he gets better at deep ball throwing and kind of cleans up some of his mistakes he's like one. he's like one of those dudes like he's not gonna do all the crazy Patrick Mahomes stuff with his arm or Yep. It's not like a running quarterback, like Kyler Murray or Lashawn or Lashawn, uh, Lamar Jackson, where he's going to get free and, and roast defenses for 50 yep. to 100 yards rushing a game. But he, if he can, you know, get his numbers to where he is throwing for three hundred yards a game and giving Christian McCaffrey open lanes to run in. Yep, he get, uh, I think the Panthers could do something really special. Um, it The only keys to, the, to that happening is they have to have a defense that forces the other team off the field. And real yeah. quick, to your point about our uh, pass protection, I've heard, or, and I've seen this around the league, it seems like the lack of fans helps with teams' pass protection.
1: Probably. Offensive lot- lines can communicate better and all like that.
0: Yeah, so a lot of a lot of these these uh, former players analysts are saying that it's, you know, these tackles can actually hear their coverages being called out, so it helps a lot with pass protection. Yeah, I wonder if that's a reason why they were in good shape on Sunday with nobody in Mm. the way. So that that is interesting. It'll be interesting to monitor that moving forward. What Well,
1: I was thinking too, like the the way that the offensive line kind of shaped up. Like, obviously, losing Trey Turner, bummer, but we did get Russell Okun, who's been really good for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't rec- retire, uh, which was like the rumor for a minute, right? Was he yeah. gonna retire because of COVID and all like that? So, like, when I actually looked at the starting line at both, so we have, um, Moten at right tackle, who I think is really good, actually. And, and I, I mean, the numbers back him up, too. I think Pro Football Focus has him as a very good right tackle. Yeah. Um, We have Paradis at center, who's a, I would say, at least above average center. And then we have Russell Okun at left tackle. So, like, I don't even remember who's playing guard these days. Um, but, like,
0: so we Dennis have did- – it was Dennis Daly was the starter, but he, he was a scratch because uh, I think he I messed up his ankle or something like that. Yeah. So the, the guy that we got, Schofield, I think he started on, at left guard and – or maybe he was at right guard. Dude, this team is, like, I feel bad. But it just feels like they're just a bunch of dudes right now that <laughs> it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Russell Okung seemed like he did a good job especially yep. their their pass rush is okay uh he was going up against Cleveland Farrell most of the most of the game um so him Matt Paradis did not get beat too bad he had a good start to his year especially after turning in a pretty rough 2019 himself yep Yep. Um, so it will be interesting to see how the interior of that offensive line develops, especially when Daly comes back. Because I think they were saying Dennis Daly was actually kind of looking pretty good as a guard this year in camp and everything. Yeah. um Yeah. So you had you had Michael Schofield. I think Greg Little actually played uh, a few snaps at guard. Oh, really? Was, yeah. Um, cause, uh, with, with daily going out. So, so that right, was, right. that was interesting, but, um, yeah, man, I, I thought that was good. what do you think about the defense? I mean, so
1: I like put the cart way before the horse at the beginning of the game. Like we got three and out on the first, uh, uh, first drive. I was like, Oh man, these guys, they're, they're doing it. They're going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, I think, um, like we'll see, I guess, like I said, I mean, uh, like I'm willing to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Um, they're super young. That secondary seems really weak. So, um, and then I, I think that's been talked about. I'm pretty bummed about losing Bradbury. Um, and so, and then uh, Dante Jackson went out uh, uh, during this game too. Did he come back in? I don't recall if he came he back He did in. not,
0: man. Rasul Douglas took over and actually played. He actually club. had a
1: really good pass breakup. Yeah. Rasul Douglas, he was like relatively deep downfield.
0: Yeah, he made a he made a couple of pretty good plays. I thought the secondary actually played pretty well during that game other than just a couple you know chunk plays that they got like that deep pass to Rugs which Yeah. I'm hoping he'll he'll be like a breakout star this year for my fantasy on, squad.
1: That's that's true you do have Rugs this year. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Um but uh yeah man, I'm with you on that. Secondary's secondary was supposed to be god awful, and I yeah, thought, yeah, they
1: weren't terrible. Terrible,
0: yeah. That they I thought, just didn't look that good. I thought, compared to what I thought they were going to be, it was pretty good. Exceeds expectations. Now next week they got to go up against a uh, angry Tom Brady, and I am not yeah, because he about got that.
1: toasted this this week. So yeah, um, I guess it didn't. I guess it didn't like. No, like the the score and the stat line didn't look that bad, but yeah, it was a pretty bad game for him so
0: yeah he he was ugh, i was i watched that game I could talk more about it later, but the defensive line i have a hot take hot take me um I think that. And this is, I hope I'm wrong. Right. I actually really like this dude a lot, but I think that K one Schwartz best days might be behind him.
1: I mean, dude, he's like, I mean, what is he? 30 now? Yeah. 29, 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I think almost just like, just by stopping there, we could say like, yeah, he probably is. We, I mean, I think we overpaid him a little bit. Um, to begin with when we gave him his contract, it was like too little, too late. Basically like we probably should have paid him while it was still relatively cheap. Um,
0: I hope and, I am super wrong. Like I hope he, I can look back on this as a foolish man, but I it agree. hasn't been the same since 2015,
1: man. Dude, I know. Yeah. I, I think it's, um, It's so hard to to catch these guys, like, at at the right time, I feel like. Um, Yeah. And just, like, contract-wise, like, it's so hard to catch them at the right time unless you're a dude like um, – I mean, I was going to say J.J. Watt, but even J.J. Watt has had so many, like, injury problems and all like this uh, since he got paid, and so it was like –
0: Yeah. Aaron Donald is making his contract look good. Yes. but he is – it's hard. It's really hard. I think Fletcher Cox, too. He's still yeah. really good. It's it's really hard to play that position and be dominant year in, year out. So It's, like, so hard on your body. Yeah, exactly. And he, he's, like, kind of a pass rush specialist. So yeah. to not see – to see Derek Brown as a rookie coming and taking up all these double teams yesterday, yeah. that was awesome but to see it go to waste because nobody got a sack, that was frustrating. Um, I
1: think losing Mario Addison is like a really big deal, you know, like, he's been so good for so long. And like, I feel like outside of, outside of Panthers fans, and then analysts always give him the right, I feel like like national media analysts will give him the credit that he's due, but like, if you just talk to people, NFL fans, they have no idea who Mario Addison is. And it's a shame because, yeah, he yeah. was putting up 10 sacks a year for, like, seven years.
0: Yeah, he's, like, that, that like, seven to 10 sack guy. And he, he's, like, undersized. So, he's not going to always beat his dude. But he always is consistently every game, like, like putting pressure on yeah. know, other teams' offensive line. And yeah, yeah. They need a they need a dude who's gonna do that in the run in the pass. And hopefully Gross Matos can get better. He got benched on Sunday. Did you see that? No. So he was getting torched in the run game. He was getting washed out. And I think there was like an in around they did to not Josh Jacobs, but uh Las Vegas's other running back. Oh Jalen Richard? Uh, I want to see a different round not it's not brown is it i don't i don't know but the their running backs looked good but they didn't look great but that they got they got around our defensive line a lot because they weren't setting the edge and i think he had a problem in the run game he was just kind of getting pushed around a lot out there which that could be yeah. a rookie thing you know like a more of a mental thing than than a physical thing so hopefully he can yeah. get that fixed uh because once they brought in effie obata and uh stephen Weatherly a lot more in the second half, that's when you saw, saw him make more stops in the run game. Which yeah. Was, I have, like, that. that's the thing about the defensive line, man, is they're so uh, – they, they have so much to do to become, like, just a half-decent defensive line to me. And it's kind of all predicated on rookies and dudes without a lot of experience. Like, even Brian Burns, he was a rookie last year, but he was hurt a lot of the year, right? Like yeah. yeah. His, he only
1: played what, like six games or something. Yeah.
0: And he flashed in, in games that you play, but not long enough to really get a feel. I don't I don't think to where he can yeah. like shoulder the load of everything. But yep. it's interesting, man. So I think that that overall the between the special teams play. So I thought the Panthers had pretty good special teams play. I agree. fair Cooper I, looked good. Yeah, Cooper looked great. Um, the defense didn't get – they didn't get, like, torched, right? But they were just getting pushed around in the run game. And they yep. had, I feel like the Raiders had just enough big passing plays to stay on schedule with everything. Yep. Um, the Those things combined, the fact that the defense played just good enough to not get just blown out and the offense played just good enough to stay in it, created that kind of sense of like oh shoot we could win this game you know it was like totally it was like a nice feeling to have like I didn't think we I was gonna be sitting there at the end of that game like being mad that that we could have won the game so that yeah. was like kind of a welcome thing um and I thought what the offense did in that they could do better with clock management sometimes don't you think like there was times they were just kind of letting the clock run down like
1: it got close yeah it got close on a bunch of plays which i mean i guess if they if they got if they got the snap off then like uh, like it's kind of a binary thing right like you either get delay game or you don't and i feel like they weren't necessarily having that problem in hurry up situations so it like made me kind of anxious but on the other hand like i can't objectively say that They didn't do a good job, right? Like it was they just used up the whole play clock. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's not bad. I mean, it could get better, but it wasn't the most egregious thing they did wrong. Totally. Yeah. Overall, um, an okay performance and a pleasantly surprising performance, I would say, for me. Um, what what about you? If you had to give the Panther everything, put everything together in a pot what would be your grade for their performance on Sunday?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like based on expectations, like if we say that like a five is meets expectations, like exactly what I expected, i probably give them at least like a six and a half or a seven. Like there was a lot of good things and like, we're this is like a brand new team, you yeah. know, like, so brand new team, brand new systems, um everything so like to to your point to like even have a chance like a real chance to win the game against like a pretty good team I mean I like I don't think the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl but like they're pretty good yeah so yeah like I, I think that's positive there's being a panthers fan is like a little bit of a lesson in in being like uh, miserable so <laughs> so I think there's like plenty plenty to to like complain about and everything but um yeah I, I would I was pretty happy pretty happy even even immediately after the game like all right I, I'm not like jumping for joy you really can't do that after a loss but like I feel like I feel like we could approach 500 this year, which I didn't really think was possible. I don't know if that's my expectation, but like now it seems possible.
0: Yeah. I I am in agreement with you. I thought there was obviously some things that I was frustrated with, but overall with the lack of any kind of an off season, really going into this game on top of the fact that pretty much everybody of note is new there other than Christian McCaffrey. It seemed like, a pretty good result. You just wish they could have, you know, had a chance at the end zone there at the end. Um, yep. So with this being, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird first game too, right? Because it's, it was the first game of this season, this cra- with this crazy off season, yep. all these, these people left the organization. So first game of Matt rules tenure, first game of this coaching staff's tenure. but it's also in my opinion, kind of like the first game of the David Tepper Panthers in a lot mm. of ways. Yeah, yeah. With everybody that that was brought in previously was, was kind of, you know, not necessarily like his guys or whatever. Which, yep. So I'm wondering what, and you can take it to this game specifically or you can go in a different direction, but what do you think about everything that's transpired thus far? And do you think the... Carolina Panthers are in a good place or a bad place moving forward
1: yeah I mean I think it's like I have I have a lot of mixed feelings uh about everything like I I think that there are and have been a lot of good things I think that you know uh I I didn't love that we got rid of Cam I I didn't think it was like a terrible decision either but I, I think that it was, like, I don't know, leaving a, a decent amount of potential on the table. And I, I get, like, okay, as new coaches and everything, we're not exactly sure what, what Kim's health is and all like this. So I'm not, like, really second-guessing that uh, decision that much, although I do wish that, like, it sounds like it was handled pretty poorly. Um, and so that's the thing I think that, like, Maybe bothers me more is like part of you know the Panthers organization. Part of the reasons why part of the reason why I like following them so much is that it did seem like a little bit of an anomaly in the NFL, being like really like their family, like everybody treats each other really well and all like this and like yeah, it's business, but you know we try and take care of each other and and all like that. So. I think that, yeah, like it being because it wasn't just Cam either, right? It was the same same thing with uh, Greg Olson, right? Like, uh, like the way that it, <laughs> that the Panthers would come out with some official statement, and then like Cam and Greg had to come back and like set the record straight and be like, yeah, I, like. I didn't actually want to leave. So please don't make it sound like I did.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Yeah. That was, um, dude, I agree with you on that, man. The way that they handled the uh, torch being passed, if you want to call it that, was sloppy in a lot of ways, which it it, it kind of surprised me and it frustrated me as a fan. Because I think in the past when these things have happened, it, it's hard to, to find circumstances especially in the nfl because careers are shorter i feel like than in other professional sports leagues but it's it's harder to find circumstances where a star player leaves after like unless he's like a quarterback but a star player leaves and he's like ready to leave like most of the time those situations aren't perfect and they're hard to navigate anyways so i understand that but to met when tepper came in he made this big push to get all these panther alumni in and do the hall of honor thing and he made he like actually hired people to take care of these relationships and then for stuff like this to happen just seems really frustrating and it feels sloppy it feels like you know the the cam stuff was was one thing but like you said with greg olson that was that was really annoying and and then, like, when Luke Kuechly, uh, me and Mike talked about this, but, like, when Luke Keekley retires, it's like, you know, he's died and gone to football heaven, and, and, you know, everybody's just, like, so incredibly, like, solemn and sad and, oh, my goodness, like, you right. know, one of the greatest Panthers ever. But then when Cam leaves, yeah, he's not retiring, but it's like, oh, okay, we, we love you, thanks, but uh, you wanted a trade. So we're saying you wanted to trade Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and I mean, it's not perfect from cams camp either. Like they knew where, you know, multiple sources have said, like they knew where this was headed the whole time. It's not like they can play the whole like uh ignorance card. Cause they, they were aware that that was most likely going to yeah. happen, especially once Ron Rivera got fired. But yeah, yeah, dude, I agree with you, man. That, That was probably uh, one of the sadder off seasons I've ever experienced as a Panthers fan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I I mean, we have, we have six, six captains and only two of them played for the Panthers last year. So
0: yeah. Yeah. And like I watched uh, one night, I, I, I shouldn't admit this, but I like, I think it was after it was either after Greg, Greg, uh, they officially announced Greg wasn't coming back or if it, or it was after they announced that Cam had been released. And I watched that last episode of the All or Nothing Panther season. Yeah, yeah. And that was when that was like their actual last like game with like that core together with like Thomas Davis, Ron Khalil, all those dudes. Yeah. And, yeah. Like I'm not gonna lie, man, I shed a couple tears. It was dude. It was kind of like my favorite team breaking, yeah, up, dude. you know? It sucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. So I think um, from a like emotional attachment to the team perspective, I'm feeling pretty, uh, I don't know, ambivalent is a word. I don't know if it's the right word, but like, I'm like, eh, I don't know these guys. I hope, you know, I, I like them. A lot of them, I know who they are and stuff. Like I like Teddy Bridgewater um yeah and stuff so like obviously we still have cmc and everybody so yeah Slight, I think, slightly
0: optimistic yeah exactly that's, so that's where I, I am yeah yeah I think I can I
1: think I can grow into these guys I think I can grow into you know uh coach rule and everything um I think as far as like how good they will be I would say yeah like slightly optimistic um like very loosely optimistic. We'll just freaking see. Like, I have no idea, and it's so hard to to project these things. Our team is so young, too, so it's, like, really, really difficult to try and project out what they're... I mean, because, because I, I mean, it's, like, notoriously difficult to predict how good a player will be in the NFL in general, like, when they're coming out of college and stuff. Yeah. Um, so then to try and do that with like a bunch of players and kind of like project that onto the team that they play on, you know, it's like really difficult. So I I'm optimistic. I'm not going to follow anybody else. Now, that being said, I would be pretty okay if like Cam won the Super Bowl with the Pats this year, you know, like that really wouldn't bother me that much, or I would probably like it, you know, unless, unless the, Panthers somehow got there, and the Pats beat the the Panthers in the Super Bowl again. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't love that, but pretty much any other scenario, I'd be okay with. You know, basically pulling for the Pats, which is weird.
0: Well, let me tell you what's not happening, sir. <laughs> the Panthers will not be playing in a Super Bowl this year. I I feel like I could say that from pretty confident from a pretty confident uh, perspective. Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, man. I feel very meh about this roster and overall there was some things that organizationally kind of concern me. Like the fact that Marty Herney is still there making decisions when he's only got like one year left on his deal. And Depper says he's this great college evaluator, but his drafting has been suspect over the years. He's like a GM with a, with a losing record. Like and it, it's kind of like you 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 kind of take a step back and look at things from a macro perspective, like this doesn't seem like everybody's on yeah. the same page, which you don't want to see that. But at the end of the day, like, you know, two years from now he could be, I don't know, uh, a consultant or something and Matt Rule could be running the show and he could do a great job, you never know. But yeah, I do uh the Jeremy Chen draft pick is looking better by the snap on defense it was yeah because he was he did look good he was all over the place and a dude to play d2 like that and come up and and play big in the nfl i thought that was cool um
1: it reminded me of the way that like i like from day one with shaq thompson yeah like i felt like every time shaq thompson was on the field he was just like where the ball was like he was always there and that's a little bit what it felt like with Jeremy Chin.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he looked good and everything. So I'm with you on that. I I would be interested interested to see. I mean, like it, I here's what I would always love to do is be like on a fly on a wall a fly on the wall in these meetings that happen right after the coach gets hired, and he's like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what I want to do. And here's what I want to be in two years. Here's what I want to, where I want to be in five years. Here's how I want to accomplish that. Like, I would love to hear what he, what Matt rule was thinking by going after Joe Brady. Cause like in my head, I'm like, it's a flashy hire, but the guy's 30 years old. It's like, lose lose to me if he's good he's gonna be gone in like a year or two and if he's good if he's bad then he's gonna be gone in like yeah. A year or two. yeah yeah exactly you know, like it's I, I feel like it, you know and I for for long-term stability you want to be as good as as you can year in year out I get that especially in the NFL but I don't know it seemed it some of the things that that go on that I'm like all right how how is this going to work out in two years when you're supposed to be trying to like hit your stride, you know. Yep. Um that that's to me what I was thinking about. Do you think uh how do you feel on the whole like tanking thing, like tanking for Trevor and all that stuff? Like cuz some people think they should lose as many games as possible <laughs> to get Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, I
1: I mean, I think that like tanking in the NFL is like <sighs> I think it's really hard to do, to be honest. First of all, like it, like it's hard to tank in the NFL because it's hard to, um, I don't know, like, because, okay, how do you, how do they do it in the NBA? They basically take all their, uh, take all their stars out and stuff. Right. And like play, play their guys
0: for draft picks.
1: Right. Or yeah. Right. And that like doesn't really happen in the NFL. Right. So,
0: the Dolphins made a, a really honest college try at it last year <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it didn't quite work out for them, but they still got the guy that they wanted, but
1: yeah. 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 So I, I would not, I definitely don't think we should, I think, I think tanking in a general sense, like, I don't know, in pr- like the principle doesn't, jo- I don't like the principle of it, you know? How do so, you, how do
0: you build a winning team with a losing culture? It seems like it, it's, you know, two opposite like forces going against each other, you know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Not to mention like you, but you know, you're kind of like sacrificing all the guys that are on the team on the losing team. It's basically just like tossing them to the sharks too, you know? It's like just making an entire year of their careers in, in some cases just look terrible. Like that's bad for all of them,
0: you know? Yeah. I so. mean I love Trevor Lawrence like honestly I love watching him play football I do think especially if if you know some random team is bad that isn't normally that bad gets him and has like a somewhat decent team around him I think he'll be good in the NFL but if like the Jaguars draft him I just don't think I don't think he's that good I don't think he's like the best dude's the best guys in the league, especially at quarterback, are. It seems like they're always guys who weren't drafted number one, and yeah. outside of very few instances like Cam Newton, or Peyton Manning, or Andrew Luck, and even Andrew Luck, he he was he was like good in spite of his team, and. <laughs> <laughs> when they finally built like an offensive line around him that he could work with, it was like, he was so beat up that he retired. Like yeah, he was like, screw this guys. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand these teams that, that do this. And, and I, I get it. I mean, sometimes there are can't miss dudes like John Elway was one, you know, Peyton Manning was kind of thought of that way in certain, in certain ways. And, and I do think Trevor Lawrence is that kind of a prospect, but, Nobody thought that Patrick Mahomes was, you know, or Lamar Jackson or. Right. You know, like it in Joe Montana, third round pick, you know, yep. Tom, everybody knows Tom Brady, Brady obviously, yeah. but, but I feel like it's Russell Wilson, third round pick. Like, you know, these guys, a lot of times are, are work themselves into being the best. They're not, they don't, you know, the, the, Truly greatest of all time, sometimes are the best on every level, but a lot of times guys are just better suited for the pro game and they work themselves yeah. into that. Yeah, exactly. Like. Um, the, But so you – it sounds like we're kind of the same on that, where tanking is for the birds.
1: For the birds.
0: It barely works, man. I mean, you've – I don't ever remember seeing it win multiple championships. In any sport. No, I mean,
1: again, it's like there's only so many sports where it's even, like, a viable strategy, like, where you can even do it, you know, and then, yeah, on top of that, then it's like, okay, well, are, like, what does it actually get you, right? Yeah,
0: so the overall principle of this offseason where it's like, we're going to be bad, but we're not going to be that bad, you know, the whole, like, getting Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, those guys, Eli Apple, yeah. even even though he's not playing i guess he's on IR, but yeah what they've done i'm like i like that they're actually trying to get better you know yeah but i'm also kind of like what's it all for like what what are what's your how is this going to parlay into being like a championship contender down the road yeah i don't know what it it's kind of it's just weird to me i feel like they're kind of caught in kind of a bad spot and the whole pandemic thing is not making it easier yeah agreed
1: what do you think the earliest that we could be, a, a like, a, a Super Bowl contender would be? Like, I'm thinking the earliest would have to be year after next.
0: Yeah, I mean, from everything that um, I've heard on, like, I listen to WFNZ a lot, and they, they have, like, sources with the Panthers, and, and everything I've heard, like, Joe Person and people like that say is 2022 is the year they want to be, like, hitting their stride making a playoff push yeah and i think that makes sense i mean you give the head coach a seven-year contract you you know you're not david tepper could buy him out right now it wouldn't be that big of a deal for him but uh the you know with them trying to build something it's going to take a, a little bit i mean when ron rivera got here they were real bad like way worse real than bad last year's Panthers teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it and it took him two years, and then they had that run in 13, and yep. they parlayed it into more. And, dude, like, that's the thing with the Cam Newton situation is I, I kind of – I I don't like that they got rid of him, um, that they didn't – that they cut him or whatever. I I love Cam Newton. I wish that he was still a Panther because of, like, the sentimental part of me. But I definitely understood the football decision behind it with the fact that he just couldn't get healthy and they didn't trust his shoulder. And, like, you saw it yesterday. Like, if if the Patriots do what he did yesterday and if they use him like that consistently every game, they're going to be in a lot of games. Like, he threw it 19 times, you know, and he ran it a bunch. And that's Cam Newton's game. And it's won him a lot of games. Like he's really good at it, and um, I don't blame them for doing that. But the 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 way that they've gone a lot about their or gone about a lot of their decisions seems to me like they are still trying to figure out what they want to do, which kind of worries me.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens by like next year or so if it kind of solidifies a little bit.
0: Yeah. And honestly, man, I think it'd be cool if. uh, I don't. Do you pay attention a lot to like college uh, football and like draft grades and all this stuff? Well, there's this Oregon. There's this tackle with Oregon, supposed to be one of the best left tackle prospects in a long time. And he opted out this season, obviously, to kind of enter in and get ready for the draft this year. Yeah. And a lot of people have him like, in that number three spot. And it would be, it would be cool if we got a player like that. Like if the Panthers drafted like a great offensive lineman or even another defensive lineman or something like that to like a foundational piece to go on and build around Teddy B I'd be like, all right, at least that this tells me like where you're going, you know? Yeah. 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 Like it gives me a feel of like, Oh, I like that you, are trying to protect your investment and make your team better and not just like throwing darts, you know, I feel it. So with that said, um, any other Panthers thoughts you would like to get out there?
1: I don't, I think we covered it, man. Yeah. I think like, we'll see what happens this year. I'm hopeful that we can see some more good things, but uh, yeah, not gonna, not gonna hang all my hopes and dreams on this year's team.
0: Did you, um, watch any other NFL on there or did you watch the Chiefs or in Texans? Yeah.
1: yeah so we watched the, we watched a little bit of the Chiefs game We're we go to bed early these days Those yeah. kids get up real early. So yeah, for um, sure.
0: Um, yeah, so dude, I fell asleep watching that game on the couch. So I'm completely a hundred percent with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we watched the uh, first half and I watched a little bit of the third quarter as well. Uh always fun watching Pat Mahomes play. Um
0: dude, I really and, think he he could be it. Like the Michael dude, Jordan of football.
1: He really could be like I feel like he's so next level on like with everything and he's it's just wild because he can he, he, like nobody has an arm like him. He's so accurate. He can throw it so freaking far. He's a pretty good runner too, um, and he makes good decisions. So, like, I mean, is there a weakness in his game? Not really, you know.
0: It's kind of like, only his third year. It's kind of like when Aaron Rodgers hit his prime, and you were like, "Oh, this dude is like extremely Scary. good, like way better than." any anybody thought he could be and yep. he just nipped. by that point that older Packers team had kind of dissipated with like Charles Woodson and Greg and yep. Jennings and stuff like that so we never quite had the squad to get him over the hump yeah but it's like Patrick Mahomes is younger <laughs> he may not have hit his prime yet we don't know but he's so good now and he, they have this like great team around him. the team
1: around him is insane dude I mean they were talking about it on Thursday night right like you got Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Mikal Hardman, like, like, and not to mention C, uh, CEH, like their new running back is really, really good too.
0: Yeah, he's sick. So
1: like, what do you do? How can you possibly defend that offense? Like, it's basically impossible. Not to mention Travis Kelsey. I didn't even say Travis Kelsey.
0: Yeah, Travis Kelsey might be the second greatest tight end of his era. And he's like an afterthought sometimes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's so wild, man. Like and their defense is pretty good too now. Like they, they've yeah, they've done some good things on defense. But the thing They're is at that,
1: least average, which is more than enough for that team.
0: Yeah, exactly. They just need a few well timed plays, uh, you know, a sack in a crucial moment or a turnover or something like that. Yep. And that's all that offense needs. It's kind of a special yep. thing. It's like you know how the the there's that whole adage in sports of, you know, offense wins regular season games, gets you in the, you know, in the playoffs, but defense, that's what wins championships. And I feel like this Kansas city team is the first time that I've seen a team that was like, I don't really think it matters with them. <laughs> like that's like the first team I can ever remember thinking that about.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it really like, if you can anyone possibly keep up with them, like, obviously it's like totally, okay, any given Sunday, blah, 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 all this stuff, so yeah, like, they are beatable, you can beat them, they have been beaten, but, like, I don't know, man, consistently, I don't think anybody can, can really, like, it's just crazy,
0: it's
1: just freaking crazy,
0: and, like, I mean, I don't know if you watched any of this game. I, I didn't watch it. I mean, you probably didn't. I think they were on at the same time as the Panthers. But, like, the Seahawks on Sunday, shout out Greg Olson, had a touchdown catch. Um yep. Russell Wilson went, like, 31 for 35 for, like, th- like, 400 yards and three touchdowns or something. He was just, like, insane. And I'm thinking, like, you have to do that in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs to beat the Seats. The Chiefs. Yes, and it still might not be enough. Yeah, you have to have the case. best
1: game of your life in the Super Bowl to compete with Pat Mahomes on an average day.
0: Yeah, like I mean, Jimmy G last year he had a pretty good game, and he missed that one throw near the end of yep. the game, and it, that was it. Yep, dude, it is it is crazy, man. I I think the Chiefs are, are great. Um, I didn't get to watch any of the Ravens, uh, Browns game, obviously because mm. Panthers, but. Uh, from what I see, from what I've read, it seems like the Ravens have not missed a beat. The, yep. uh, I watched the Rams-Cowboys game last night. Did you watch that? I saw
1: some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, I feel like the Rams this year is everybody's, like, dark horse team. Like, like everybody's like, yeah, we wrote them off last year because they suck, but now they're good because <laughs> they didn't really suck that much last year, and they went to the Super Bowl the year before. I think they're going to be good this year. And uh, so they they got that win, and I, I think the Cowboys are kind of overrated, even though they have like a whole bunch of good players. It's it's just kind of weird something about yeah. that, team, they just don't feel like they're like all the way there yet.
1: They, even when they're even when they've been really good, like in the last ten years, they still never felt like they were really good. It is yeah. pretty strange.
0: It's weird. I wonder if it's because like their best players on defense are their linebackers. And you kind of saw it a little bit with the Panthers. Like when your best players on your defense are linebackers, it kind of it's weird. It's like you can't do anything dominant on yeah. defense. Like you can be really good all over the field, but not like great. Um, Bucks Saints. What's your thoughts on that game? Did you see it?
1: I did not see it. No. Well, I mean, we saw a little bit, right? So we saw we saw some of Tom Brady's bad plays. We are. We talked about this before. Before we started recording, we're at the beach right now, so like um, our uh, uh, football watching is like, eh, it's okay.
0: It's, yeah, here and there, but touch and go. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so did see did see a little bit. It's it's. So obviously, the the big headline is like Tom Brady had a bad game, and um, and yeah. all like that. I think what maybe was even more interesting to me is like. Every year, I'm like just surprised at how Drew Brees is still just as good as he was the year before, and well, that's basically what it was. Drew
0: Brees was kind of off yesterday. He made plays down the stretch, which which were really good, but they were their play calling was weird. I think here's here's my thing about that game because I think it ties into the Carolina Panthers. I think um, the Tampa Bay Bucks were undisciplined had a lot of stupid penalties at like a fumble on special teams, which basically. Oh yeah. I saw
1: that. That was crazy.
0: Yeah. Like stuff that Bill Belichick teams never did. So Brady never had to worry about them. Um, And the, the saints capitalized. They didn't, I feel like the saints, their defense was extremely good and their offense was just good enough to really not make the game close because of, you know, there was like a pick six and basically they were almost handed a touchdown without special teams. Yeah. So I, I, but I really think that Tom Brady's obviously, you know, he's 43, right? Like he's on, he's got like maybe two years of of decent play in him left Yeah. and drew Brees, I've been saying for the past couple of years, man, I feel like he is, he is going downhill. Like, he has, it has been a gradual decline, but in the playoffs against the Rams, with the whole, like, n- no-call game, he looked bad at the end of that game. He threw that interception over time that Saints got the ball first, and he did not look good. And then I thought it was kind of a one-off thing. And then last year, he gets hurt in the middle of the season, so he has, like, a break on his legs. And, Fair. and then – he looked bad again in the playoffs. I think it's like he's getting older now, so it's like late in the season, he's just not quite the same player as he is at the beginning. Interesting.
1: The maybe maybe I'm giving him like way more of like the benefit of the doubt because maybe I'm like basically comparing all aging quarterbacks to Peyton Manning now, who yeah, just like completely was, fell off a cliff like Dude,
0: he he went down hard.
1: Yeah. He was like Yeah.
0: Like epic proportions bad.
1: It was weird, dude. Like really, really weird. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just like not even noticing it because I'm basically thinking like, oh man, these guys aren't just like don't all of a sudden have like spaghetti noodle arms, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It like Bill Simmons. With I was listening to Bill Simmons talk about it because he's a big uh, Pats guy, so he's like a you know this lifelong Tom Brady fan. And he was saying, like, dude, I think Tom Tom's done. He was like, I don't think he's got it anymore. You could see it. And I, I think it was a little over-exaggerated. But he was saying, like, Tom Brady yesterday looked like he didn't want to get hit. Basically, he mm-hmm. looked like an old man playing a young man's game. Like, he looked skittish. Like, he didn't want it, anybody to touch him. Uh, yeah. And Drew Brees didn't look much better in a lot of ways. Uh and I think I think a lot of the play calling was weird for the Saints. It's like they they were doing a lot more short passes and stuff. Yeah. I mean like Michael Thomas had like like two catches, for like 17 yards or something. It was like that's crazy. Which yeah, it's pretty nuts because he was like my fantasy champion last year. Yeah, dude, year,
1: 150 catches, ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping this year that I can have like a one two punch of Lamar and Dalvin Cook PS. I think uh, we're playing this right now, right?
1: We are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we're probably wrapping up our uh, matchup as we speak right now.
0: No, dude, we got a late game on. The late, late game. You got? Yeah, one. do
1: we have – do you or I have I, – I don't even know which teams are playing in which game up uh, between in the doubleheader.
0: So the Giants and Steelers just, pay, just played. The Steelers beat the Giants. And the Broncos – and Titans are about to kick off, like right now. Oh yeah! So sure you got- had
1: Boswell in the first game, and I have Melvin Gordon in this uh, coming up game.
0: Yeah. So cheers to us. Cheers to us, dude! I hope I win the league this year. I've never won the league.
1: I do not have high hopes for myself. So <laughs>
0: why not? What's what's wrong?
1: I didn't. I didn't prepare at all. Which this is the first time probably since our very first year. Uh, which was what the 0-9 season? Uh,
0: yep, yeah, junior
1: year. Junior
0: year, people chase. So,
1: um, yeah. So, uh, I didn't prepare at all. I picked in the ten spot, which was I hate picking in the ten spot. I ended up with Nick Chubb, who looks like he's going to be at best in a uh, in a timeshare with Kareem Hunt. Um. And, dude, uh,
0: you, you should uh, don't don't do it with me. Cause I don't like making trades. But you should swing a trade. Try and I do, would trade. Yeah,
1: I would gladly trade. Yeah. I also have uh, Odell Beckham, who's also terrible and on the Browns.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, I didn't want him, but I was running out of time. So he
0: was real bad Sunday. Sorry, dude. And he's got he's yeah. playing the Bengals on Thursday, he might get a get right game. You know? <laughs> you might, we'll you see. Might, you might find some find some uh find something there. But uh dude, Chad, you are an all time person. I appreciate you coming on this evening and um I hope that Melvin Gordon does not um, score any points tonight so I can win this win this fantasy matchup.
1: Thanks, that that means a lot coming from you.
0: I love you, bud. Hopefully we can do this soon.
1: Love you too, man. Let's talk again soon.
0: All right, everybody. That was me and Chad McKurgy breaking down the Panthers game, the overall NFL weekend from a macro point of view. And yeah, just the state of the Panthers as well. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I would love to keep that kind of stuff coming uh, on this podcast. So. Keep a lookout for it. In the meantime, I also wrote a love letter, if you will, for football being back and just my overall feelings when it came back. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Football is back. After hearing from us about whether or not America's favorite display of competition would return this season, we officially have our answer. I wonder what this football season will bring to us as we live in the midst of so much uncertainty and uncomfortability. Isn't it crazy to think that a few months ago people weren't leaving their houses and the only entertainment we had was an MJ doc and celebrities making videos from their couches? However you feel about it, football starting in a relatively normal and on-time format seems to bring some type of ease to our sports world, giving us the reassurance that somehow life does go on. I'm sure this season will not be absent of some potential issues that could sprout up at every turn and at any time, but as of now, all systems are moving and gaining momentum as we head into the uncertainty of colder months. The Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans engaged in a welcome display of competitive sport on Thursday night, with the former coming out the victors by a wide margin of 14 points. Patty Mahomes looked like he had not missed a practice during lockdown, going 24 of 32 for 211 yards and three TDs. I mean, the more I watch him, he seems like he really might end up being one of the greatest ever, and it's starting to feel less like hyperbole and more like trajectory. The rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a breakout performance of his own with another 138 yards on the ground, making him an instant candidate for the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. Watching this game, Andy Reid's foggy face shield gave us a pretty funny reminder that the world is just different now, and everybody's just out here trying their best, right? I mean, I guess the all-time greats like Labardi, Nolan, and Shula would have done their best to adapt in their own time period as well, but seeing a professional sports coach looking like he needs a pair of miniature windshield wipers on his face is an alarmingly humorous sign that the first world problems of 2020 are just different than they were in the past. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that this season will be unprecedented. And I mean, if we could create a drinking game for the past six months, I feel like uh, unprecedented would be a good buzzword. I mean, seeing Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay jersey is crazy enough, right? Hopefully this will be the hardest thing to get used to this football season. So here's to everyone staying healthy along with a complete season because it would be cruel to have football taken away after it took so much to get it in the first place, right? Let's hope together. Cheers, everyone. All right, everybody out there in podcast world, thank you so much for coming out today and listening to me Babylon, and talk about football and sports. I really appreciate it. Once again, this is... Obviously, the start of this journey for me. So any listeners that made it this far, thank you so much for making it this far. Thank you again to Chad McCurgy for being on this week's episode. Thank you to Michael Baylor again for helping me produce this podcast. And anybody out there who has any tips or feedback, once again, just hit me up at hajito88 on Instagram or Twitter. I would love to get some feedback from you if you would like to give it. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you enjoy the football games, college and pro. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the NBA playoffs. Hopefully I will be hitting you up with an NBA conference finals episode soon, as well as some good soccer content with my friend Chandler. So once again, thank you guys. Hope you have a wonderful week. God bless.